Good morning, everyone. Well, if you've if you've been with us since uh, I came to the church back in July, and we've been we've been working our way through the the first letter of the disciple John. This John is the the same disciple of Jesus who wrote the Gospel of John, and and many of the important things that he teaches us in his gospel, uh, they they reappear in this letter. And as we've as we've worked our way through this letter together, we've seen that um, John is writing to his church. Uh, to uh, warn them against believing false teaching. There, there was an, an influential group of, of teachers who had recently left um, the, the, the congregation, the assembly of his church. Their, their exit, um, no doubt, worried many of John's people. And so John writes to them to encourage, to strengthen, and to teach them with the truth about who Jesus Christ is. So this week, as we as we come to a text that gives us uh, a little bit of a glimpse into the teaching of this group that left. Um, so would you turn in your Bibles with me to 1 John chapter 2, uh, verse 18. In our, in our passage today, John calls uh, the false teachers that we've been talking about, he, he calls them antichrists. Um, and he calls them this because they denied the truth about Jesus Christ. Um, and in our passage, John, he, he warns us of three things. First, he, he, he warns us of the day of the Antichrists. He shows us the, the deception of these Antichrists. And, and thirdly, he shows us how to defeat the anti, these Antichrists. So read with me now from, from 1 John 2, verses 18. I'll be reading through verse 27. Children, it is the last hour. And as as you have heard that an Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are all not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and, and you all have knowledge. I write to you, not, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who, who is the liar except that he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the, the Father and the Son. You know, no one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you have heard from the beginning remain in you. If what you have heard from the beginning remains in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And in this, or in, in this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. This is the word of the Lord to us today. Would you pray with me as we um, come to hear God's word today? Holy Spirit, we ask that as you come to this, as as we come to this text today, would you come in and open our eyes? 
Would you illuminate the, the truth within your word so that it, it might shine on our lives and, and, and show us um, the, the way we act, the way we live? Lord, would it, would it show us the ways that we don't live rightfully, the ways that we don't put you first, the, way, the ways that we, um, we set ourselves against our brother and against our sister and against you? Lord, I, I thank you for your word. And Lord, would you reveal to us the, the truth in it about who Jesus is? And would you let this truth shape our lives? Let us, let us live more and more uh, the way that Jesus lived. Teach us to order our lives rightly, to put first what needs to be first and last what needs to be last. Uh, the, the way that Jesus showed us as he walked on earth. We ask that you would do this by the, the, the strength of your spirit, for the, the building of your kingdom, and ultimately for, um, for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we, as we come to this passage in 1 John, there are, are probably a lot of questions that we, we could ask. You know, and, and as I've been studying this week, I feel like every question that I've answered has brought up at least three more to be answered on top of that. Instead of uh, getting so distracted, however, I want to I streamline our discussion today by focusing on what uh, this disciple John focuses on. We mentioned earlier that John wants us to be aware of, of three things. First, he warns us of the day of the Antichrists. He teaches us about the deception of the Antichrist, and he shows us how we might defeat the Antichrists. So read in me, uh, read with me in, in verse 18 uh, what John says about the coming day of these Antichrists. He says, children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. Um, in, the, in the New Testament, we, we read about what is called uh, the last hours or the, the end of times, the, the last days. We read about this a number of times. And sometimes this refers to the whole length of time between when, when Jesus uh, first came on earth and when he will come again. This is like Peter's sermon on Pentecost when he speaks about these last days. He doesn't mean that the world is ending right then, but that um, we are now in uh, the last final push. Um, as, as history progresses towards its end. Uh, at other times, what scripture means uh, is instead of referring to this whole period, it refers to just the last, uh, the last little bit of this chunk of time, just before Christ returns again. One scholar, he puts it, he puts it this way, history until Christ has, was, was headed uh, towards a cliff. But now that now that Christ has come, history has taken a sharp turn and is running alongside the cliff, always ready to tip over into the end of days. But um, but as it goes, it, it sits in this precarious position. Position, excuse me. Um, sometimes what Scripture means by the last hour is this precarious position of, of history as we travel alongside the cliff, and sometimes what it means is the actual tipping over, finally falling over uh, the edge. John claims that it is the last hour, that uh, it is the, the day of these antichrists, because he sees these little antichrists all around him. In, 
in the very end, uh, when, when history does tip over the cliff, there will be a single Antichrist. And this is what most of us normally think of when we, uh, when we think of the Antichrist. But J John here says to his readers, uh, as you have heard that, that an Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. John says that there is and will be an, an Antichrist, big, uh, a big A Antichrist coming. But many antichrists, small a, have already come. And the presence of these small a antichrists in the, the community and in the world, uh, their presence is what shows us that we are right now running alongside the cliff, that it is, it is right now the, the day of the antichrists. One question that's, that's worth asking, and, and, and John answers himself, is what is it that makes these people antichrists? John says that it is their teaching. He, he warns against the deception of the Antichrists. Scripture tells us um, in other places, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is one of them, that, that the Antichrist, the, the big one with the, the, the big A, will deny the truth about God and who will work uh, to deceive the world. So these false teachers now are, are called Antichrists because just like the, the capital A Antichrist, these small a antichrists deny the truth about God, and they try to deceive the world. So John calls them antichrists because they do not know the truth and because they teach lies. This is what John says in, in verse 22. He says, who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? That's uh, the, the Greek word for the, the Messiah. This is the antichrist. So the deception that John warns us of is a deception about who Jesus is. These teachers denied that Jesus was the Christ. And like we saw in chapter one, they, they claimed to have fellowship with God the Father while denying Jesus' own claims to be God. They wanted the Father without the Son. But John says that whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. And this, this shows us just how central Jesus is to the Christian faith. It is so serious that John says that these antichrists were, were never truly Christians. In verse 19, he says um, that they went out from us, but they were not of us. If, if they had been of us, they, they would have continued with us. Now, we, we often expect to be faced with incomplete teaching or false representations of Jesus um, and, and to find these things in our culture or maybe in, in some other uh, religious in institutions like uh, the, the Jehovah's Witness or the Church of the Latter-day Saints. And these groups, um, they, they certainly deny Jesus' own claims to be God, things that Jesus made very clear as, as he taught. And so we, we often make, make a big deal about um, understanding their teaching and, and being aware of, of what they say about Jesus and about what we say about Jesus, what we believe the, the Bible says about Jesus. But there's a, a much more subtle kind of deception that we can miss if we are so focused on these other um, communities and, and things in our culture that are, that are pretty blatant. You know, often, oftentimes there are well-meaning Christians who deny the truth about Jesus simply because they haven't taken the time to, to hear and, and to sit under Jesus' own teaching about who he says he is. Uh, how do how how do we deny this today? I think 
I think a lot of us might might think that we don't actually deny Jesus's claims, but we do it in subtle ways. We don't do it so obviously, but we slowly sand down the reality of who Jesus is until even if we don't deny his identity with our mouth, we deny his identity with our actions. So we, we, can, we can shortchange the identity of Jesus when we just unhook the Old Testament from our lives and from our reading of Scripture. How can Jesus be the Christ, the, the Messiah of the Old Testament, without the Messianic prophecies in the Old Testament? We, we shortchange the identity and the work of Christ when we make it all about ourselves. Um, we, Jesus died to save us, and because he loved us, yes, but he saved us for the glory of the Father. We also shortchange the identity of Christ when we turn our relationship with him into just um, asking for favors whenever we find ourselves in need of something. It's not a real relationship. So how does, how does the Christian truly stand against the day and the deception of these antichrists? How do, how do we as believers in Jesus protect ourselves from believing teachings that deny the fullness of, of Jesus Christ's identity and his work for us? How, how are we supposed to guard ourselves from the subtle ways that we, we reduce his identity to something less than it is, not because we are trying to, but because um, we are fallen human beings? How are you who are seeking to learn more about Jesus and who haven't come to know him, how are you supposed to know what is true about Jesus and what is false? But the good thing is, is that John tells us, and Jesus himself promises us the antidote to this deception, which is truth. The defeat of any lie is the truth. So lies about Jesus are only defeated by the truth about Jesus. And this seems basic, but it's it's central to all of what Christianity is. People get caught up in um, building on top of basic truths. And, and sometimes it's, it's not that they're moving from um, arithmetic and addition up through algebra and into calculus. They're moving from addition and then they, they, they get a, a hard break and they move to something like painting. And they say, if you don't understand this painting, you've misunderstood the truths about the gospel. They, they graduate themselves from these basic truths, and they move on to something completely different. But in fact, John says that what we are supposed to do is look back to um, that which we have heard from the beginning. We we build on the truths about Jesus. And in fact, it's, it's less about building up onto something and more about mining down into the truth of who Jesus is. If you want to know more about Jesus, read Colossians chapter 1. And Paul, Paul writes this magnificent hymn of praise to Jesus. And he talks about Jesus being the creator of the heavens and earth and, and the one who is going to be um, set above it as, as the ruler. He, he magnifies Christ. You could take that one verse a day. You could take it one verse a week and just go down, drilling as deep as you could into each statement that Paul makes. But, but the, the truth about Jesus is something that we, we don't just discover on our own. It has to be revealed to us. And this is, this is what Jesus himself says. Before he went to the cross, he, he met with the disciples for one last supper. And during this, this last supper, he, he, he taught them a lot of things. And um, one, of the, one of the big things that he taught them, this is in uh, the Gospel of John in chapters uh, 14 through 17, which is called the, the Upper Room 
discourse. And what Jesus says in verse uh, chapter 14, verse 26, he promises to send a helper to his disciples. And this helper is, is uh, the, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says this, he says, uh, the helper, the, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Jesus says something similar again in, in chapter 16 and verse 13. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth and he will glorify me, says Jesus, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So according to Jesus in the gospel and, and, and according to John in, in this passage, the Holy Spirit is given to those who believe first and foremost to teach us the truth to keep us from error, and to show us who Jesus is. In verse 20 of our, of our text here, John says, John says this. He says, you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. Or uh, some versions might say, you all know the truth. So th this anointing that John talks about, it is the Holy Spirit. Jesus was himself said to be anointed with the Holy Spirit at his baptism. And so now we are anointed by the Spirit when we believe and trust in Jesus Christ. Just as Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would teach his disciples all things like we just read in the gospel, John says in verse 27 that his anointing teaches you all things. And so this, this anointing is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is what anoints us. The, the true antidote to the lies and the deception about who Jesus is is to receive the Holy Spirit and to let the Holy Spirit guide you into truth. Every single Christian, all who put their faith in Jesus Christ, have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. Because um, just like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 3, he says that it's impossible for anyone to call Jesus Lord except through the Holy Spirit. So all who believe in Christ have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's role is to lead us into truth, to teach us who Jesus is. I just want to take a, a quick minute to point out that there are, there are many in the church today who, who claim that, that things like doctrine and, and the pursuit of deep theological study is, is somehow unspiritual. M many think that uh, for a specific church to hold to a, a set of doctrine, it only serves to stifle the spirit. You know, actually, if we if we hear what John is saying in this passage, nothing could be further from the truth because we can only learn the truth about Christ from the spirit. The, the, the very words of, of scripture themselves are are breathed out by the spirit of God, Paul says in, in 2 Timothy. Um, they, they are breathed out through human writers, but they are the words of God inspired by the Holy Spirit. So in, in one sense, there is nothing more spiritual than pursuing knowledge of God with the help of his Spirit in the words that he has written in the Bible. And instead of thinking that doctrine is somehow contrary to faith, John says that our doctrine, what the, the things that we believe, they are actually the proof of our faith. Let me par paraphrase uh, one theologian who said, he said this. Um, he said that the sole purpose of doctrine is to teach faith about what it believes. I'll, I'll, I'll repeat that. He, he said 
the sole purpose of doctrine, of, of written down theology, bullet points of what Christians believe, the sole purpose of this is to teach faith about what it believes. You see, to, to study God properly is not, as, as some people have said, it, it is not to make him small by putting him under a microscope, but it's to, to see the, the, the great massive glories of who God is and to um, point a telescope at them, to, to pull them close so that we can study these, these huge, huge, glorious things. You see, the, the more we learn about God, the more we praise him. One of the, the greatest theologians of the church, his name was Thomas Aquinas. He, he spoke of theology as faith-seeking understanding. And you see, the, the two go hand in hand. We can only believe in what we know, and what we know is dead unless we have faith. You know, un unfortunately, we live in a world and in a culture that in many ways is, is more directly opposed to the truth about God than it has ever been. In, in our Western culture, many see the, the progress of, of history itself just as proof that as a culture, we have moved on from Christianity. We've moved on from its morals, from its ideas, definitely from the truths that it says um, underwrite all of reality. Many people have, have heard of Jesus. They might have even read some of his teaching, but most of the people in this world have refused to accept what he says about himself. You know, as, as Christians, we are constantly faced by subtle ways that our culture denies the truths of the gospel. We are, we are constantly faced with these things. And they, they, might be, um, they might be blatant, but they might also just be, in, as the world puts forward what, what it believes is true, that comes up straight against the gospel, and it is a, a straightforward denial of the truth that Jesus has proclaimed. And sometimes these, these slip in the back door of our minds because it's just the way that people talk on the news or in books or in magazine articles. Wherever we are taking in information, there is a denial of the truth of God. It's, it's something that, that underlies our culture. And, and John calls us back here. John calls us to remember the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the truth that he teaches us about Jesus, the truth he teaches us about our Messiah. So in our text today, John, John warns his church of the day of these antichrists. He, he has showed them the deception of the antichrist, these people who deny the truth about Jesus. And he has, he has taught them how to defeat the antichrists, to, how to defeat them through the truth that is taught to us by the, the Holy Spirit. And John doesn't say that the way to Christian maturity is through some sort of new teaching, like moving from math to painting, but is instead to look back at what we have learned from the beginning and to build upon that or to dive deeper into it. To, to grow as a Christian is to live into the one who has anointed us and the anointing that he has given us, to press into the truth of Jesus. See, the, the Spirit, he shows us the truth about Jesus. And the true mark of the Christian is to become more and more like him as we live in deeper fellowship with him each day.